Thanks, Paul, and uh, also, well, basically for phrasing uh, some of the questions of the challenges moving forward, uh, particularly the medium-term solutions that uh, will be needed in this very complex uh, situation. Um, let us now move to another part of the world in Venezuela, where about three million people have left their country over the past two years. Well, three million, that's more than your percentage, like 10% of the population, uh, fleeing a deep economic crisis, hyperinflation, and major shortages of food. And uh, according to a recent survey, two-thirds of the people that have stayed in the country at best can afford two meals a day. So let me ask Eugenio uh, Diaz Bonilla, who's my colleague pre the head of the Latin America office, how did things turn this bad? And the government doesn't seem to be recognizing uh, that it's part of the problem. So what should happen, according to you? Thank you, thank you Rob, and thank you all of you. I'm following the motto of the if you cannot use your head, use the overhead. I have some <laughs> slides. Um, so the question is how we got there. What can we do if we have a single operational democratically elected government, which is not the case right now? And second, what can we do in the meantime? These are my personal opinions, and the people that work on this uh, work um, is with Michigan State University, colleagues at IFPRI, and colleagues from, from Venezuela. So the main thing is the first um, chart, sorry, shows uh, here that the, the uh, oil cycle drives the, the income per capita in Venezuela, that's clear. And in the last cycle, at the top of the cycle, um, uh, Chavez was re-elected December 2006, and, he, and with four, $4 billion in reserves, price of oil at more than 100 or about $100 per barrel, and thinking that that was going to be forever, he decided to move from Bolivar Bolivarianism to the socialism of the 21st century, and so stepped up control of the economy, thinking that the situation is going to be uh, forever. And then it was, uh, we had the 2009 crisis. Prices went up again, but then uh, sharply back. And so we have this, um, this cycle. It would have happened any, anyway, but it was compounded by a very bad macroeconomic policies, incompetence, and then we will see some problems of corruption and political control. Basically now we have five five years and 2009 is going to be, so since 2000, 2013, no growth. Uh, the income per capita is less than 50% what it was in 2012. Last year inflation was 1.4 million and it's going to projected to be 10 million for 2019. So that also affected the uh, agricultural production. The top is per capita production, total agricultural to, uh, production per capita. The, uh, to the right of the broken line is our estimates. We don't have enough information, but it's clear that it's coming down. It went up um, uh, during part of the uh, Chavez regime, but then it went, it went down significantly lately. Uh, probably now it's even lower. Um, it was related, it, yeah, it's true, there were droughts in 2009, 2014, 2015, and you have the oil cycle. But we did some econometric analysis and controlling for those factors. Still, bad policies are a, a big explanation of what happened. And basically, the militarization and criminalization of militarization of all the production system, from land, commercialization, inputs, etc., 
and um, a, a criminalization of simple marketing activities. So those, um, those are the conditions right now on the macro and the uh, uh, agricultural sector. Um, then we have the social aspects. We have a sharp reversal in child mortality. Child mortality is going up and the nutrition is going up. Uh, we have 48% po in poverty, 80% suffering from severe to moderate food insecurity. According to the 2017 ENCOVI, and we don't have still the, the number for the last one, at least I haven't seen them, 64% of the population reported that they had lost 11 kilograms um, during the year, and now on top of 8 kilograms that were lost the, the year before. Uh, and the problem is that you have two aspects of this. One is clearly when the government stepped up control, you, you can identify signals of illegitimate appropriation of income. If, we, if you compare the price, the landed price of certain products in um, Venezuela before the government took control, and that's the line, the lower line, and then after the, the government took control, the landed price immediately went up. So there is a gap there that someone is getting. Uh, perhaps you are paying more because there is no confidence. Perhaps something is appropriating. That's re separate from the fact that the exchange rate was totally undervalued, and then there were given uh, to a specific groups to buy this, this food. And the other thing is political control. About, in, at least in 2017 and probably in 2018 even more, more than 40% of the population need the carnet de la patria, which is a specific identification with the government to get food and medicine. So about 40%, more than 40% are receiving that, those um, um, benefits. And that in the mind, even if not, may not be necessarily related to voting, then in the mind of the people, you know, it is related to voting. Um, so these are the conditions right now. The, what can we do? Well, first scenario, if we have an operational, a single operational democratically elected government, uh, in the short term, just by eliminating controls in exchange rate, marketing, etc., we believe that it's going to be a, a, a supply-side response. In fact, we estimated how much would it cost the program in 2019 uh, we did this estimate for the international organizations here that are working on how to help Venezuela. The largest part is the safety net, because if you liberalize, then you need to replace the safety nets that exist right now that are politically oriented and only cover part of the population. So we have different estimates. This is maybe just a low leveling uh, estimate. Uh, we believe that by eliminating the exchange, the exchange rate is not a uh, a big problem if you eliminate the controls because basically the private sector of Venezuela had at least in 2015 the last the last numbers 10 times more than the official reserves of Venezuela in the central bank they had it in deposits outside Venezuela so that money will flow if the if the exchange rate uh, is uh, reasonable in the middle in the middle term in the medium term we need a specific programs for land for um, the agriculture, for the, uh, the deterioration of uh, uh, the agri-industries, the infrastructure, and so on. We didn't, to, to cost that, to have a, a price on that, we need to have more information about what the situation right now, which we uh, lack at this moment. And basically also, Venezuela, we have to think about the development strategy. If we have all the changes in, in energies, technologies, then, um, a model based only on oil is going to be um, complicated. And this is the production of Venezuela in barrels. It's very low now. 
So the question is how now the oil rents are distributed through the government. So if it can be given as a citizen's dividend, and in the middle term, they have to work on the double effort to recover oil production, but also to diversify. And finally, the, the, the main point is now, you know, what's happened now without a single operation a democratically elected government, and, and we have two situations. One is the migrants, and we, and we have two situations there. We have the poor people living by foot that are on the border. That's a, a particular situation that the international organizations are working, helping the government like Colombia, Brazil, etc., with loans to help um, work with them. But then you have migrants with no resources that are being received by other countries. You can see that in Chile and Argentina, etc., that mostly uh, maintaining an open uh, migration regime, which in fact we have in Latin America. But the, the main question is the people in Venezuela. Um, now, it, of course, it's complicated by the political standoff. And now, um, the only food aid and medicines that are coming are through specific governmental dominated channels and therefore they are politicized. The question is basically if we need what is needed is external food aid that goes to a variety of natural, uh, or neutral and reliable channels using civil society, churches, social networks and so on. Thank you. <laughs>